Welcome back to Makes Perfect Sex. I am so glad you're here. Today in the studio, I'm thrilled to welcome back Bethany Caudill, who joined us on a recent podcast discussing her doctoral research on inceldom. Many listeners reached out to share their thoughts and opinions after that podcast, and the bottom line was that listeners wanted more. They wanted to hear more. They wanted to learn more. So Bethany agreed to come back and talk more about her research. We are going to take another deep dive into her research, but first, let me welcome you back to Makes Perfect Sex, Bethany. Hi, Dr. Carol. Thanks so much for having me back on the show. After we ended the last episode, I definitely found myself thinking of so many more things that we could share with your listeners, so I think this is really great. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I feel exactly the same way. This is such a complex and intricate topic that limiting the discussion to just incels felt like we really weren't going deep enough. Yeah, exactly. So I think while incels are undoubtedly the focus of my research, they're actually members of a much greater online community called the Manosphere. And I think that in order to truly understand how intricate and established the incel communities are, it's necessary to see where they land as part of a larger system. That makes a lot of sense. So let's start off by establishing what the Manosphere is. (laughs) Yeah, so the Manosphere is a conglomerate of online forums that purports themes of self-improvement, philosophy, and gender-based advocacy. But in practice, um, they're often pro-male and anti-women forums that serve as echo chambers, which end up amplifying misogynistic rhetoric. Now, you mentioned pro-men and anti-women. I'm curious what led to the development of the Manosphere. I teach a psychology of gender course here on campus, and we spend a lot of time discussing stereotypic masculine and feminine traits. It's as if we're, we're socializing boys to avoid all feminine traits, including things like sensitivity, emotion, communal traits. The gender police are out there for sure, making people stay in their lanes. But at the same time, there's this notion that society is becoming increasingly feminized with declining value placed on traditional stereotypic masculine traits. I'm guessing that all of this has contributed to the development of the Manosphere? Oh, I couldn't have said it better myself. There's a pervasive belief within the community, the Manosphere community that is, that society's taking a turn for the worst. Um, So I've actually got a quote from one member saying that the rise in popularity of the Manosphere and incel ideology uh, is best described as, we've grown so quickly because men are starting to realize that what their parents taught them, what television and chick flicks taught them, what church and school taught them, it's all wrong. Our culture has become a feminist culture. A president cannot be elected today without succumbing to the feminist narrative and paying them tribute. How many times have the national debates hinged on the women's pay gap, which, by the way, is a myth that gets lip service, just because if you don't, you're a misogynist? For better or for worse, the frame around public discourse is a feminine frame, and we've lost our identity because of it. But this isn't the end of the world. The world is changing, but men are still a part of it. We just need to make sure that we're changing with it. Wow, what a, what a deep, interesting quote. Thanks for sharing that. In addition to what you just shared, why would someone feel the need to join the, the Manosphere? Yeah, so in our last episode together, I mentioned how incels often join forums because they're seeking solace and a sense of community. I think it's the same for the Manosphere as a whole. People feel like they've been wronged by multiple systems, like the government, the educational system, the media, so they look for places where they can feel seen and validated. Now, I've read that the Manosphere grew out of the men's liberation movement. Is that is that true? Like, when did it become a thing or start appearing in popular discourse? Yeah, so my understanding of the men's liberation movement is that it gained pretty widespread recognition in the 60s and the 70s in response to the growth of feminism that took place around that time. Um, The Manosphere definitely falls within that same realm, but I'd actually classify it as more of a recent wave. 
If you take a look, academic articles on incels in the manosphere began kind of popping up and increasing in popularity around the 2017-2018 period. But that's not to say that the manosphere is quite so recent. Um, in September of 2018, if you go way back to R the Red Pill, that subreddit that we talked about last time, they had actually hit about 300,000 subscribers. So it's safe to say that the community has been around for at least a little while before that. Um, there are even men going their own way manifestos, which we'll talk about shortly, that can be traced all the way back to 2001. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think it's important to think of it as a component of a bigger structure. So continuing that train of thought, is the Manosphere a general community or are there subgroups that make up the population? Yeah, so there are actually four recognized subgroups within the Manosphere. The first is called the Men's Rights Activists, commonly known as MRA, and they believe that men are legally and socially discriminated against at the societal level. There's a second group that's called Men Going Their Own Way. Um, I know it's a mouthful, but many of these members feel that men are discriminated against to the point that unless there's really massive societal-wide change, there's not going to be a way to improve things at the individual level. So men going their own way have a separatist mindset, with many of the members thinking about wanting to just pack up and move to rural, unpopulated areas to live so that they don't really have to interact with society. The third group is called pickup artists, so I think they tend to be more well-known and just kind of known outside of Manosphere culture. Um, they can maybe be thought of as the most action-oriented of the subgroups, since they dedicate a lot of their airspace to learning about strategies to be sexually successful with women. And then, of course, there's that fourth group, which are incels, who also often identify as the term red pillars. Got it. So what I'm hearing is that the four subgroups are connected because of their general would you say negative feelings towards women? Are there other ways that these groups are related to each other? Yeah, fantastic question. So at first glance, it's easy to imagine that maybe the groups are on something of a spectrum, with men's rights activists being a precursor group to men going their own way. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. But in reality, the groups have a lot of overlap in terms of membership and general lurking, which is when people visit online forums and they're, they're reading posts and they're reading forums, but they don't end up posting themselves or contributing to the discussions. So a good hypothetical for this situation would be if a person gets involved in the scene because he wants to learn maybe some pickup techniques, you know, just trying to figure out how he can go to the bar and pick up women. But then he's spending more and more time on these forums, and the more he realizes um, that he's really buying into these things, the more he says, oh, maybe I relate to men's rights activists instead. And then, because these groups are all related, eventually he starts paying more attention to the posts on men going their own way, and so on and so forth. So when we're thinking of the Manosphere structurally, it's important to remember that 
these aren't actually card-carrying groups that require people to say, oh, I'm going to register and join. Being a member is as easy as saying, oh, I identify with this group, so I guess I'm a member. Wow, fascinating. Okay, so we've discussed how the subgroups are connected. I guess they're, they're general negative feelings towards women. What do the relationships of these group members usually look like? Yeah, so it might surprise listeners, but a lot of men's rights activists and men going their own way actually identified as married or divorced men. Um, what brings them to these forums is often feeling jaded by their long-term relationships that either ended poorly or are still going, um, or these relationships are still going, but they're really lacking in the romantic or sexual intimacy department. So with pickup artists, um, the forums are usually full of people who are either looking for sexual strategies or giving advice or boasting and saying, yeah, I took this advice and I actually got laid. So most of the active members are in the midst of living that kind of lifestyle and wanting to win the game, i.e. having fun toying around and just kind of casually sleeping around with women. Incels are actually the unique group in that depending on where that person is in their journey, they might be in the process of experiencing this all-consuming, unrequited love, or they might be on the other end of the spectrum where they feel completely spurned and rejected by someone that they used to carry a torch for. So in either case, um, incels are more than likely to be single and desiring an intimate romantic relationship. Oh, this reminds me of the research done by John Allen Lee back in the 70s. And let me just tell you a little bit about that. So Lee believed that there were three primary elements to love passion, companionship, and respect, and these can be mixed together in different ways to make up different colors of love. One's attachment style is also important here, but according to Lee, the three basic colors of love include Eros, Ludus, and Storge. So Eros is a passionate, sexual, sensual, passionate love um, that's kind of like a love at first sight, all senses involved erotic love. Ludus kind of rings a bell for me with what you're talking about in the, in the incel research. They see love as a game. A relationship is based on playing tricks, being flirtatious, game playing, winning the partner over, um, and doing so contributes to gaining benefits, whether it's sex or support, uh, whatever it might be. So people with this color of love seduce, deceive, manipulate their partners, and they're often commitment phobic, related to a secondary color of love, which is called mania love, which has more of the obsessiveness, the possessiveness, the jealousy um, colors to it. And then the third primary color is storge, where the lovers are best friends. It grows out of almost a familial love, similar interests, and love arises from spending time together. How does that kind of resonate with your research? I absolutely love that you've introduced those concepts. I think they're extremely applicable to the different manosphere groups that we just talked about. Um, so with incels, I think they're often fixated on eros and wanting to feel that they've been um, feel what they've been denied in terms of connectivity and intimacy. Um, Ludus described pickup artists absolutely to a T, and I think the Storge describes the key component that men's rights activists and men going their own way I mean, relationships really lack. Those members tend to focus on the lack of eros and then see it as a detriment, as opposed to viewing long-term relationships as things that are constantly evolving and growing. So I'd say that of the three types of love you just described, the Storge would be the one least valued among the Manosphere members. Very interesting. So we've covered a lot of new information in this episode. You've provided an overview of the Manosphere. We were able to take a deeper look at why and how this community came to be. As we end the episode, what would you say is the most important thing for listeners to take away from our discussion today? 
Yeah, so like I said earlier in this episode, I think incel communities in the greatest, excuse me, the greater manosphere are truly intricate and established. Um, I'd like folks to keep this in mind the next time they come across some incel rhetoric online or in the media. So to dismiss kind of those one-off misogynistic statements as white noise is to really deny that there's this large and active group of people who are actively advocating for anti-feminist laws and behaviors to be endorsed by society. Wow, thanks so much for coming back today and being here today, Bethany. We've barely scratched the surface yet again, and there's so much left to talk about. I hope you'll come back and share your research with us. I also know you're getting ready to defend your dissertation, so best of luck to you in doing so. Thanks, Dr. Carroll. Thanks for listening to Makes Perfect Sex today. Come back next week to learn more. I'd like to give a big shout out to Professor Don Ennis at the U Heart Podcast Studio. I'm Dr. Janelle Carroll.